0: Welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and today we will be immersing ourselves into a multiverse of butt plugs, raccoons, fanny packs, and bagels. Here to help me unwind this chaos is my good friend, Jerry White.
1: Junior. Jerry White Jr. Jerry White Jr. We can't... We can't give my father the credit for
0: this (laughs) You're right. Jerry White Jr. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Jerry and I, we we got together last time. We spoke about uh, The Matrix. And uh, before we started talking about everything, Jerry was telling me that he was feeling a little bit under the weather because he had the coronavirus
1: booster shot. But what happened? Right. That's right. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on an episode where we're not talking about the Matrix. <laughs> you're, um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw in that moment that I was having a, a booster reaction, even though I did not have any reaction to the initial uh, two shots. But no, I just had straight up COVID. I had Omicron, like so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Day is when Omicron, um, I guess, really started hitting me. Um and I didn't know it was um actual having COVID until two days later, but it all worked out. Um, you know, I, I had a mild case um and got over it, and it's been a few months now. But yeah, I uh I also taught my last class and did a podcast both while sick with COVID. So the show must go on, and the show did go on. Awesome, awesome. Well, I am here to tell you well you already know
0: but to tell the rest of our audience that I also had a bout with the Rona lately and Dang. it it was fine it was I was I was it was okay I had mild symptoms um, it wasn't great for maybe a night or two but I survived it it was a little bit um, difficult for us because we have two kids and we want to kind of keep them isolated so the no kissing thing and the we uh, we were eating in the balcony they were eating in the back of the house outside and it was just for a week it was chaos here Uh, but we've survived the kids are fine they didn't get the virus right and uh and on with the show man so uh so yeah so now that that's out of the way Jerry, I understand that your festival is accepting submissions right now. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So Vidlings and Tapeheads uh, Film Festival, we celebrate unconventional storytelling uh, in short films, 15 minutes and less. And the festival is taking place in uh, August, end of August, 2022 in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, If you just Google Vidlings and Tapeheads, uh, since those words aren't used too often, you'll immediately uh, find either the vidlings and tape heads website or the film freeway page mm-hmm. where you can submit your weird, unconventional short story film. All right. So mm-hmm. cool. So, uh, so what are the dates again for, for your festival? Uh, uh, the fest is August 19th through the 21st. Uh, so that's a Friday through Sunday. We are in talks uh, to have a Thursday night screening but that hasn't been locked in yet, so I can't really speak to it. But certainly that weekend, the nineteenth to the twenty-first.
0: All right, cool, cool. So I have been doing some stuff uh, that are not related to media at all. Okay, es- especially a sport, and this is this is a very uh, how do I, how do I explain this without sounding too um, obsessed. But I'm talking about a little game called Pickleball. Shuffleboard? No. Oh. <laughs> pickleball. Have Have you ever played Pickleball? No. All right. So think What's of What's Pickleball? It. All right. Think of this. Think of this. OK. So the court is the size of a badminton court. OK. So it's roughly half of a tennis court. OK. The net is the size of badminton, but it's low to the ground like tennis. You play with a wiffle ball, but it's harder.
1: Oh, yes, I and, have seen this. And you
0: use a paddle. Right. And this game is awesome. I, I, I can't tell you enough how much I have enjoyed this past year of just playing pickleball. And I re- recently, this past weekend, I played in a tournament. We won silver medal. 3.0. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. But it's it's more than that. It's just, it's not just tournaments or anything like that. It's just I, I can't. I I'm th- sometimes I'm just sitting there saying, when when is the next time that I can play this game? Because <laughs> it's it's literally, it's like an obsession.
1: Wait, did you find that oh, this isn't a game for old people after all? Or did you find, oh, I'm becoming an old person? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. That's a loaded question. No, no. Uh, okay. So no, no, no. I have always, well, since I was, I don't know, like 10 or 11, um, I learned to play table tennis and that has been my sport ever since table tennis. Oh, I, I really, really, I have a table tennis here at home. I love table tennis. And so one day I also like tennis. I, I played tennis since I was a kid. I was never great at it, but you know, I can, I can play. I can play tennis. And so one day I'm just scrolling down Facebook and I see this ad that says this new game taking the United States by storm. And so I click on it and it says, do you like table tennis? Do you like tennis? Do you like badminton? So we have a game for you. And it's kind of all rolled into
1: one. And it
0: starts explaining what pickleball is. And then I clicked. Wait,
1: is this a newer game or has it actually been around for years? It's
0: it's been around since I think since the 60s, maybe. So it's a fairly
1: new sport, but it's
0: the it's the, the fastest growing sport in the US right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so I I start researching what what the hell is this sport? And lo and behold, near my house, they start offering free classes and i go and you know a month later i have my own paddle my own balls and i find myself going like three times a week on the court you meet people cuz you usually play in doubles but it's it's a fair quick uh, it's a, it's a quick turnaround between games and so you're able to kind of switch partners and rotate and it's it's a social thing and it's great. I love it. I love it. So, it's it's been part of my life for the past, I would say, year and a half. Wow. Um, and I got one of my good buddies from from college who lives near my house. Uh, I got him involved as well, and now he's obsessed. He's he's even more obsessed than me, because the course that he that he has near his house, he doesn't even have to reserve or anything. He can just go there and practice, and he's a beast now. Um. Anyway, all of this is to say that anyone who's listening, please check out the sport because it's so awesome. I'm I'm so sure that you're gonna enjoy it, and I'm pretty sure that if you Google pickleball near my place, you'll find some place within 20 minutes from your house.
1: I I used to have a thing for racquetball when mm-hmm. I went back to undergrad. Uh, there was a racquetball court in our um, you know school gym, and I was constantly trying to get people to play Um, and I had never really played before, but I'd played some tennis. So this actually might appeal to me as well. Um, But even like I'm not the world's best or or most passionate poker player, Mm -hmm. um, but I love playing poker with my friends. Um, And I definitely don't like to play basketball uh, despite being a tall person. (laughs) But as a teenager, I played a ton of like, garage door basketball net yeah with friends and loved it so it's like even if you're not a sporty or or think of yourself as sporty i think the camaraderie and the it's just play um and especially after two plus years of a pandemic you know getting back out in person getting away from screens Uh, um i think that's great
0: yeah yeah and this is a sport that dude anybody can play this anybody can play it anybody uh, of course, if you want to get competitive, if you want to get into into tournaments, that's fine. But if you just want to play for fun, it's a game that lends itself for any age, any.
1: You don't have to be uh, in like peak physical shape, yeah, or yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. Um, so, if you if you get a chance to try it out, let me know. Really curious to see if if you. If you I will it. let you know,
1: um, and I'm hoping that a future uh, media review pod is sponsored by your pickle pickleball pickle <laughs> uh, coalition or how, whatever they're called. All
0: right, all right. Okay, so moving on, Jerry. Have you seen anything worthwhile
1: worth mentioning? Oh my god, yes. All right, I'm obsessed uh, with a new show. In fact, I was dreaming about it last night. After re-watching the season finale again. Okay. So uh, I, I, I think had, I know
0: what you're talking about, but go ahead.
1: Yes, you do. Because you got to watch this show. Because to me, it is like the Dharma Initiative in Lost <laughs> meets, <laughs> meets Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. meets Meets a little bit of The Office. Yep. Yep. so yes we are talking about severance yes and it's my new favorite show that I've seen in in many a year Yes and mind you the audience
0: Jerry and I have not spoken about this we have I, I didn't send Jerry a, a rundown of what we were going to talk about on the show but I was gonna mention Severance and I'm so happy that you have watched the show because I also am obsessed It's obsessed you know it hits that itch. That I've had since Lost ended, of a, a, a mystery show that has great character development. It has an excellent hook. Um, it keeps you guessing, and it's week to week. I can't stress yes. this enough. It's week to week, and it's it's just it just leaves that buffer in between each week where you're speculating about what the hell is going on. So perfect, and you're kind of yeah. digesting and- everything.
1: I, I, I wish I'd had the thought to reach out to you because, yeah, it, it really is that lost week-to-week thing. And I just recently told a friend about it. Really, uh, she's a big fan of Adam Scott, mm-hmm. who's, you know, the lead on the show. And uh, a day later, she – and I'm not going to say it, but you'll know what it is. She, she texted me the last line of the last episode. Mm-hmm. But it was a day later. I'm like, did you – Did you just watch the entire (laughs) nine? So I feel she got a little robbed, actually, because she didn't have that experience. Yes. Yes. Uh, The first two episodes dropped at once and I watched them and then I've been week to week Mm -hmm. ever since. And now we're in those glory days of like we have a year plus to just let it live in our minds uh, and see where it goes. And uh, what a great show. But I honestly, this isn't the first night last night. Where I've dreamed I was in that world uh, after the first two episodes, I had nightmares. Wow um, and and it's not a horror TV show, but there is an existential horror to the reality yeah, of it that yeah. um, and I'm being cagey because you know well it's let's, still let's, a new show let's
0: let's, uh, let's tell the audience what the premise is because th- this like you said it's it's kind of like the office, right? So in this world, there's this big corporation that has developed some technology where they implant you with a chip and they are able to separate your personal life from your work life and they right, advertise the ultimate work life balance yes, as yes. they say that's how they that's how they advertise it right um, so in your personal life you have no idea what you do in your work life and vice versa the person who is down there has no idea what your life is in the real world. And I say down there because they literally go to, it's like deep down in the basement. That's where they work. And the production design in this show is amazing. You have all these hallway corridors of just white walls where I'm sure that the actors got lost just being in there, because you can walk and walk and walk. In that first episode, that's the first thing you see. You see Adam Scott just walking for, like, feels like two minutes. And he just doesn't go anywhere. He's just going left and right and left and right. It's like an abyss of white walls. Um, and so we slowly the mystery starts developing and you start learning why these people went through this procedure, uh, each and everyone has yeah. a different reason for doing it. Um, and to be, and, to, and,
1: and and this is explained in the very first episode, but, but part of it is, is like, so you're the, the person, your work persona, also known as your any in the show, mm-hmm. you have your any and Audi, the any is still you, but it has no memories of any any specific thing of your life or your relationships. But it retains, obviously, things like language and like facts. So mm-hmm. like your any knows what a car is, even if they personally have never driven one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even have a test to make sure that there is no like outside awareness. So you wouldn't um, – I, I think you would still know who a past president was. Like you would know – some facts you mm. would just know nothing about your specific life outside. Right. Right. Um so sorry continue. No no no. No.
0: That's that's fine. I, I mm. don't want to say any more any, any more uh, from the show because I don't want to ruin it. Um cuz it's one of those shows where if you say a little too right. much, it'll kind of ruin the experience. Yeah, and this is
1: one you absolutely like look. If you want to watch a show that that gives you those uh, early Lost Seasons Dharma Initiative vibes. Just go in, trust us, trust, you know, uh, the show. I mean, Ben Stiller is the, one of the main directors and he does a fantastic yeah. job on the show. Uh, and there is some levity, but it is, you know, not a straight up comedy. But do yourself a favor do not Google anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if you're in season two of Game of Thrones, you don't want to like, and, but you've never seen season one you don't want to google it like you you're just going to ruin a lot for yourself so obviously season one just ended um there's a good year at least before season two is going to be out yep. so you have some time but you gotta dodge spoilers because it was so nice going into the show knowing nothing it's just a com- it's not based on anything it is a completely new thing uh, and while we might compare it to things like Lost, it, it's its own thing, and yeah, it's um, it's it's
0: kind of yeah. in spirit, right? This this whole mystery box kind of um, evil corporation type of thing, um, but but of course, I mean, it's
1: it's a completely different show from Lost. What, but what... also, unlike Lost, I get the sense that they the writers may not know every answer. But just in the way that the first season shaped up and revealed itself and you know, it has a, a, a really wonderful uh, cliffhanger, they're not making this up as they go along. Like They shot all of those episodes at once, edited all of the episodes, and then released. They know what this is, and that's something that didn't always happen with Lost. Yeah,
0: well, it speaks to the times that we're living. Right. I mean, this show wouldn't exist without Lost. Plain and simple, one hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent. Lost was made in a world before streaming, in a world before yep. uh, TV shows became instead of, and it full, was a network show, yeah. not even an HBO show. Net- network show, and it's fine. I, well, Lo- he, I'll preface this by saying, Lost is my favorite show of all time. So, I love it, flaws and all. It's one. It's my favorite show. Period. Plain and simple. Um. I get that Lost stumbled in some places, but Lost was a show that was made focusing on developing characters. Without these characters, without those writers developing those characters in the way that they did, Lost wouldn't have been the immense hit that it was. Yes, it had the mystery, and yes, it had those amazing sequences of action, and it felt like a movie on TV and all of that. But at the end of it, it was all because of the characters. Um, It's a show that was made in the mid-2000s where uh, uh, episodical shows were everywhere this was this this was a show that took its time um it's an, like as you said it was a network show it had 24 episodes in the first season of course Jesus. the writers aren't gonna know everything they are not gonna it, it was impossible i mean you're you're people people keep criticizing lost because yes ah they didn't know they were making it up sure they've never said otherwise and if you think about it, it was literally impossible for them to know each and every piece of the show, because when that show was being made, that wasn't the norm. It's the norm right. now. You know, we live in the we live in the world of of, of Netflix, of Apple TV Plus, where you have showrunners and writers that get together, they hash out an entire season, and they have the benefit of shooting it as an entire piece. Without any influence from uh, executives saying, hey, we need to focus on ratings, without focusing on what the audience is saying. None of that. Because it's already done. It's done. There's no way of doing a Nikki and Paolo and then fixing it several episodes later. Right? Oh, Why did you have to make it's, me think it's, of that? <laughs> dude, I love that that happened. Even even though it's a blemish on the show, I love that it happened. Because it speaks to what the show was. I mean they they knew they knew as they were writing those characters, they knew that they weren't working. And right, true. And, and then as those episodes started airing, they kind of saw that the, the audience wasn't reacting as they expected either. And so they decided to nix them. And it's great.
1: Go ahead. I have a question. I know While I know you I know you're topic, I know you're about to burst. Go ahead. No, no, I'm good, but my question is, can you remind me or explain to me what the fucking smoke monster was?
0: <laughs> well, people haven't <laughs> people who haven't seen Lost, uh, I can't I can't
1: know. Really, you were you worried about spoiling Lost? You just told them the biggest twist that <laughs> that's such <laughs> a huge Guys, that's
0: that's the least of your worries. Trust. By the me. way, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, look, you, you said you said uh, your friend told you about the last two lines from from yes. uh, from, from Severance. Um That's straight out of the Lost playbook.
1: I mean, well, that's why that's why not play, uh, Penny's boat is on my mind. It's that level of a uh... yeah, yeah, and and it's. We, I can talk forever about
0: Lost. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want I don't want to keep uh, uh, filling the airwaves with my love for Lost. That's probably for another episode. Uh,
1: I'll say some. Let me, yeah, go ahead. Oh, just real quick, and, and I and I can be cagey about this. And this it will not be a spoiler for people because I don't like to spoil things. But um, I think I can say this much about the cliffhanger of season one of Severance. Mm. What I find fascinating about it, if we compare it to, say, Not Penny's Boat, the Not Penny's Boat moment is a moment where a main character and we, the audience, learn something, I guess, kind of shocking or surprising at the same time. What's great about this show, the, the um, and that it still works, is this big twist we've learned in a prior episode, mm-hmm. but what's happening at the end that final episode is that characters within the show are learning the twist. It's a payoff. And the fact that that we care, like we so badly, like we already know as an audience, we want them to know. We, mm. We're rooting for them to like achieve. And I think that that's just, um, you know, I could imagine in a writer's room where maybe they wanted to do more of a not Penny's boat, like reveal to us in the final moments. But I think that this is such a more... It, it, well, it speaks to your point about like they've developed these characters in this world so much that we care. That this is not a Kaiser Sose moment where we're like everything is revealed. It's it's more that we care about these characters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and and to kind of
0: tie it together, um, even though they they are different in the way that they hit us because one we already know and the other one we're kind of learning at the moment. They are both character-based, Okay. Yeah. And and even though that that thing that you're saying, not Penny's boat, is not the end of that season, because the end oh, of that wasn't? season, no, the end of that season is well, I, I don't want to, I don't. Okay, I'll, I'll bleep it. It's that's the end of the season.
1: Not Penny's boat is just an episode yeah. um, cliffhanger. Yes, sir. Wow. Yep. Wow. Both of those
0: things are character-based. It's not just uh, uh, something surprising that happens, right? It's it's a cliffhanger based on these characters that we've come to know, that we've learned to love, and it'll affect them somehow in the future. And it works perfectly. It works better than Neo being stuck in limbo in uh, The Matrix... Reloaded?
1: Or... <laughs> Such a dark... Bring it back. I'm bringing it back to The Matrix. <laughs> I've been through some... You know, when we first talked about The Matrix a couple years ago, never did I dream that there was going to be another movie. And then also never did I dream it was going to be as, like, crappy and <laughs> underwhelming as it was. Just... I at least thought there was going to be insane, over-the-top, awesome, cutting-edge VFX special action sequences, and didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. That was the twist.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Such a disappointment. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, you you can watch Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. You can get a subscription for free for, I think, like a week or something like that. But I would recommend it, because there are... Very cool shows on there, including uh, For All Mankind, which... Is- which
1: are yeah, classmate and friend uh, Mira directed episodes of. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. It's fantastic. New season's coming out uh,
0: June, July, Some- somewhere on there. So, uh, yeah, Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and that's about it. Uh, how about if we go into our feature segment? I'm down. Our feature segment is about this little movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Written and directed by the Daniels. That's quote the Daniels, right? Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, I think. And uh, here's a brief synopsis. Um, In a world... No, no, no. In a world where a hero must tap into their inner self and become a leader where villains can become anyone around you and matter can be manipulated like play-doh a hero must rise and tap into their inner self to lead a revolution no wait, wait wrong movie that's the matrix okay <clears throat> Here, here's the real one here's the real one a middle-aged wife and owner of a laundromat rethinks her life after learning of a battle unfolding within multiple universes while she does her taxes. Uh?
1: Great. Uh? That's great. Yeah.
0: All right, Jerry. Can we talk about this movie without spoilers? Uh,
1: You know what? I think A, yes. But B, I feel like so much of this film so much of that's wonderful about it. And I really enjoyed it. I saw it just yesterday. Okay. So much that's wonderful about it is it's execution. Mm. Like if you told me the story, I still like that is not the same as experiencing it. The, the way it shot, the, the VFX, which isn't to say it's like, you know, again, like, Oh, it's matrix one. And you have to see there. It, it's not that it's just so visually inventive. So playful. Uh, so it's like really fun. It is, um, like those cheesy, um, you know, Rolling Stone reviews, roller coaster. It is a roller coaster ride of a movie. yeah. Um, so a, I think that we could even talk about major plot points and it wouldn't, um, like be a problem for people's enjoyment. Mm-hmm. But that said, just going from the trailer and going from that synopsis, um, you talk about multiple universes, and I think that already gives you, you know, one of the biggest, that, that's not a, a spoiler to say that, you know. Um,
0: I mean, that's a conceit, different...
1: right? That's a conceit of the movie. Right. So, yeah, I think we can. I think we can. Okay, right. And so I, I've made a little list, and I and I want to explore this a little bit later, but I'm just going to say uh, Rick and Morty. Okay. Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Spider-Man No Way Home. hmm Loki the TV show, yes, sir. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. All of these deal with a multiverse and everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, to its benefit, utilizes I think a lot of the fun conceits that you can do with a multiverse. And then, if I have a critique, it's that. All of those other things I've mentioned exist, I guess, except for Doctor Strange. It's not out yet. Mm-hmm. But Rick and Morty has so thoroughly explored the the depths of how ridiculous an infinite multiverse is to where, you know, universes where it's, you know, cars. Or no, no, phone people that talk to phones that look like human. It's just like any ridiculous thing you can think of. So this movie... Uh, flexes muscles like that, but it's in a world where we have already been experiencing that to some point. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it's it's worn out at this point, but I think we might be getting close to achieving multiverse critical mass, <laughs> and maybe this is the movie that pushes it over, or Doctor Strange kind of kills it. Where like, if everything is possible, then I do start worrying about stakes.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: I don't think we'll reach critical mass.
0: Uh, just just think of the whole superhero genre. I mean, how much superhero can we take? And we still go and see them. We
1: Right. We're about to do another multiverse thing because the new Flash movie is going to have um, Michael Keaton as Batman re- reprising his role. Oh, so right. We have DC's that, making too. movies. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's i think it's fun like the movie was fun and again a non-spoiler thing i mean michelle yo is is a, a living legend she's yeah. she's just been great in so many things but how often do you see you know you know later middle-aged you know protagonists um especially women who are you know live a, a rich interior life but also like are kicking ass in some and you can see that again in the trailer there's mm-hmm. It's Michelle Yeoh, so you're going to have her do some some kung fu at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, they still manage to do things that I haven't seen before. And her like really mundane day to day is you know running a laundromat, which does speak to a lot of you know um, immigrant stories, especially Asian American stories. So it, it has a lot of fun and like frivolous fun while also telling a story. I feel that has heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think I think that this movie is basically an assault on your senses. Um, it's it's chaotic. It's weird. It's so weird. There are so many weird things that happen in this movie, like you were saying the Rick and Morty stuff. Um, it's cathartic. I can't. I can't really say much, but this movie was, was very, it touched me. It touched me in, in a, in a very specific way. It's funny, like a, like a Stephen Chow movie. Um,
1: yes, Actually, it's a great uh, Yeah, it,
0: it goes, there are moments where it just goes full on Looney Tunes and it's just fantastic. It's, um... I don't know, I was in awe of the filmmaking. Just the editing was insane. Um, The cinematography was... uh, I'm thinking about uh, my thesis. And I remember I had specific cuts that I needed to do because my thesis was basically in a dream state where you're one place and then you're in the other, but at the same time, and... Things are similar in one place and the other, so the production design kind of has to uh, imitate what's what's in one place and the other, so that it matches when you cut, and the 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 actor has to fall in one place that's exactly that matches exactly the same <laughs> screen <laughs> position as in the previous scene. So I'm just thinking we're talking what, about fragmented or fragments, fragments, forget, yeah, I... fragments, fragments, fragments. Um, <laughs> and so I'm thinking it, it was. It was overwhelming for a, a, a seven-minute short film, and oh then extrapolate this to a two-hour movie. These guys must have had a pre-production planning that's insane.
1: Yeah, the previs on this, in a, in order to do, and again, I don't I don't think it's a, a great uh, uh, spoiler or anything to say. Like you're saying, just just match cuts alone, that we're gonna like say have this character sitting sitting down so we start the a side of the cut they start to sit and the b side as they sit in the chair they're now in a different location mm-hmm. but it wouldn't just sometimes be two you might go five different places between that sit yeah um and and costume changes but you have to keep them in the frame because they're match cut mm-hmm. um so visually yeah just so like i say, saying like the the if you just... For me, I think... I mean, I, I never want spoilers. But had I been told what the, the overall plot... You can kind of get the plot early on. You you can guess where a lot of things are going to go. Mm-hmm. And that does not matter. Because it's just so fun. And you just are going to continuously be surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: The costume. Um,
1: and, and you know what? For this
0: film that feels big... Um, I think it was very minimalist at, at points. Um, mm-hmm. Just thinking about the climax, it's it's big, but if you think about it, it's it's really it's it's not like an Avengers type of thing. It's not it's not like a, well, thinking about the Matrix. It's not like a Matrix big
1: type of climax, and yet somehow feels bigger. Yeah, exactly. In a lot of ways, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think character based too. By the way, I had read prior that the male lead was—is uh, his name uh, Kuan or K. I I—I don't oh, think I've heard key. it spoken aloud. Yeah,
0: no, it's Ki Hui something, Ki. Yeah, the the guy from the the Goonies.
1: Well, from Goonies and uh, Indiana Jones and, and uh, the yeah, Temple yeah. of Doom. Keith so hui, because... hui Kwan. it's funny because Keith Hui Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. So it was about three quarters of the movie until I finally recognized them. I had like somehow forgot. Yeah. And I just thought he was some actor. And then I like saw, you know, mm-hmm. across the years. Right. I'm like, Oh, right. Right. <laughs> and it, it's, and, and he's great in it. And I read later, you know, that he worked with, uh, as an AD for one car. Why? Yeah. Um, which, which again, I don't think this is a spoiler to say that there's like some visual illusions oh, uh, yeah. in this, to one car. Why? Which yep. is clearly an in-joke. But also he did. But it works, uh, even though mar- even though it's uh, it's kind of like an inside joke. It works so well
0: with what it's trying to to come across.
1: Yeah, you don't need that. That's just like a bonus if you know. Right. But you don't need to know that to because you're right. It's completely character motivated and story motivated. But he also uh, in real life worked as a, a martial arts uh, choreographer mm-hmm. and did his own stunts in this movie and and so um, I'm all for um his renaissance and hope that this leads to cuz i read that he said he saw crazy rich Asians mm. and was and was motivated to come out of acting retirement cuz he's been working all of these years but he's like oh like now you know i want to be on screen with these folks yeah yeah and i
0: like that it's not a stereotypical asian character which i mean unfortunately Data and and uh oh, I mean, and and short round are you know questionable, let's put it that way. They're from another time, yeah, I know, I know, know. but
1: but definitely a time that that can make you a little uh squeaky, (laughs) queasy. Um, I read also that um, the daughter of the protagonist was originally cast as Aquafina but she had to bow out doing due to scheduling. See, night, yeah. So you can't hear this folks. He's making a a no face to that <laughs> casting. I I love Aquafina. I think she would have been great in this. Look, it's
0: it's no secret that Aquafina is not my cup of tea. Although if she wants to make a movie with me, uh, I'm totally down with it. <laughs> uh, it's totally cool. Um no, no. Uh, look, w- when I reviewed uh, Shang Chi and mm-hmm. the Ten Rings, Legend of the Ten Rings. I praised her for her dramatic stuff when it's serious and it's straight faced. I'm 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 super down with Aquafina, but her comedy is just not my thing. Um, mm. It's it it was one of my least favorite things from Raya and. And, oh, I uh, didn't see thing. that
1: dragon movie.
0: Uh, it's a really good movie. I I really really love that movie, but there were moments where the the Aquafina was just overwhelming, and yeah, it was not great.
1: Um, well, and I don't want to uh, speak ill of the actor who played the daughter. I've seen her in a couple things, including Aquafina's TV show Nora from Queens. Mm. She was good. Uh, it was just interesting. Later, I'm like, oh, like. I, I could definitely see Aquafina playing that role, but this this woman did her own thing with it and yeah. it was solid. Like the casting was solid. I always love seeing uh, James Hong, aka David Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. aka um, 500 other movies. Yeah, um, he plays grandfather Gong. Yeah. Gong. He's uh, uh,
0: he's post dad in in uh, Kung Fu Panda.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: Um, well, look for me. It was a film that I started watching for maybe the spectacle because I saw a quasi preview that I had to shut off because I, mm-hmm. when I saw that, I said, "Okay, I'm probably gonna like this movie," so I don't want to see anymore. And then ended up loving it for how it made me feel, how it touched me deeply, and how I connected with it, even though I haven't lived through some of the experiences in the movie. It's you know, it's a story about love about what-ifs, um, about learning to accept, about learning to to let go, to understand that life just sucks sometimes, even most times it sucks. But, but there are still things that are kind of worth holding on to. It's, it's a movie that tells us that we are enough. Um, that it's okay sometimes to feel shame, that it's okay to to make mistakes, to feel shitty, right? And cry and feel angry and, and 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 then let go and release yourself when someone offers a hand. Um it's all of those things rolled into one. The action sequences are awesome. Uh watching really Jamie Kurt- I
1: think I think you really nailed it with the um Stephen Cho, because um, whether it's Shaolin soccer, or Kung Fu Hustle there, but especially Kung Fu Hustle, um, this just over the top, you know, you know, do you know, too, that the Daniels originally wrote this with Jackie Chan? Yeah, 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 mine, yeah, yeah, maybe, that, right? yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Which I can see, but I think this is the better version of it. Absolutely, I honestly think. Absolutely, and, and they changed it before they even offered it to him, so it wasn't like he said no and they retooled right. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a way better choice. But yeah, the um, the way that the comedy also works with just really inventive ways of choreographing choreo- choreographing scenes of uh, fights and whatnot, just mm-hmm. visual spectacle in a way that. Like you said, it feels big, but then it's actually rather intimate in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also say, too, there's this um, this idea of untraditional strengths. Like, strength is not only in the fist, right? It's also in, like, connection to our fellow humans, to kindness, which I I, I really thought that was a surprising message to bring to a, such a zany. Like, this is a zany film in a lot of ways yep <laughs> to put it mildly but then again r- rooting it in and you know the film festival i do unconventional storytelling like this is this is like could be a poster child for what i mean when i say unconventional storytelling because it's still it's not just zany to be zany it's not just gag after gag after gag it's all in service right of telling an actual story that has emotional stakes and consequences which i love yeah
0: all right. How about spoilers? Want to get into
1: spoilers? Should we move into spoilers? Okay.
0: All right, Folk, Let's do this, guys. If uh, if you haven't seen the movie, this is the moment where you shut this off, go watch it, and come back. All right. All right. Here we go. You want, you want to go? <laughs> where to, or where, you want where me to, to go? start? Where to start? All right. So so I want to expand a little bit on what what I connected with. With, with with this movie, um, it was the parental relationship in the movie. I have two boys, and I know that feeling of control. I know what it feels like. You feel like you wanna, like you wanna steer their lives, you know, and help them succeed in every aspect. You wanna protect them, um, even from the silliest things, you know, like when they're kids, when they're babies. Uh, it's in the playground, right? You watch them go the steps, and you kind of want to be behind them, kind of mm-hmm. just be careful when they go down the slide. You either want to go behind them. Um, it's it's that protecting instinct that that kicks in, um, and then school comes along, and you want to protect them from kids and bad behavior and germs, and so I, I I get it. You know, all that crap gets into your head sometimes, and it could just get to a point where you, you're you not quite listening to their needs. You're just more focused on what you think their needs are and you forget to listen. And that final moment when Evelyn and Joy embrace, you see them both let go. They've, they've kind of broken that barrier where they can finally start communicating. You know, Evelyn, um, she learns that even though Nothing matters, because you know that's that's one of the key things in the movie that nothing really matters. Um, it's all bullshit, right? As she, as Evelyn learns this, uh, uh, um, within everything in the universe that seems petty and 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 unimportant, there is her daughter, there is joy, and it's those little moments, those little specks of. Universe that are worth holding on to. Um, so,
1: so yeah, that that was
0: my big spoiler thing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I've got I've got some spoiler bits too. I do want to say that, and that, again, this is why I brought up Rick and Morty, uh, Spider Verse, these other things, um, because I do think it's, it's it's potentially dangerous when you establish like nothing matters. Um, but with this movie and because it's a finite movie and not trying to be an ongoing mm-hmm. cartoon like Rick and Morty what they end up saying is um is something that i believe in actually myself uh i believe that nothing necessarily objectively matters but we can choose what matters right like we and and so and i you know she's choosing like my daughter matters but i have a question for you cuz there's this is kind of like one of the main points and I'm not quite sure what the movie is saying so maybe you know so uh evelyn um you know one of the biggest life divergent points for her is as a young woman when she decides to go with her husband you know her boyfriend against her father's wish- wishes mm-hmm. gets in the car we see this multiple times in the film and uh you know and she lives this very humble life as a, a owner of a laundromat and you know he's potentially seeking divorce not just in this universe there's several universes where he's he's seeking a divorce from her um so there's a point toward the end of the film where she confronts her father and says how could you let me go like how could you let me go and i'm not quite sure what point this brings up like like because we're mirrored with joy right so so on one hand, you want to let your kids go live their life. Mm-hmm. Which in a way is what James Hong, you know, the grandfather does. He's like, I can't control her life. Like if she's made up her mind, that's her life. And I feel like with her daughter, whether it's because her daughter's gay or her daughter just has different agenda. She lets her go, but then she then goes and gets her as the rock. She tumbles off the cliff. She reaches into the bagel world. But I don't know what this means because does it mean that is the story that like like James Hong like as a should have like locked her in a room and not let her marry someone because that's not how a wife works either. Right. Like you do have to let someone go. Absolutely. But then they're literally saying in the text of the film you why did you let me go and then it's like i am going to not let my daughter go so i don't know what to make of that
0: well the, the way i read it was it's not it's not a literal letting go it's more of uh why did you let me go and just shut me off cuz that's
1: oh so like uh like he doesn't agree with who she chooses to marry exactly okay and but the, and then he sh- doesn't have to stop talking to her which is what he did for right. years. Yes,
0: exactly. So he he he's basically ostracizing her from his life. And and they probably call each other and hey I'm I'm still alive and that's it. But as far as building that relationship, father-daughter relationship, that's what I think that she's implying and that's why she goes after her rock daughter. That's why she embraces joy at the end even though joy doesn't even want her to embrace uh, her right. mother to embrace her um, it's it's okay i'm I, I i get that you don't want me probably at this moment in your life but i want you to know that i am there for you okay i am listening to you there was a moment in the movie where i said all right well this is this this feels like an allegory for um for depression for a parent mm-hmm. Dealing with uh, a, a son, a daughter who is going through a, a depression
1: state. And even suicide. And, I mean, the having, daughter is suicidal. Yeah, right?
0: and, having, and having suicidal thoughts. And so mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a way of, of reconciling all these ideas of uh, you shut me out, you're not listening to me. Uh, and then her saying, I'm here for you. If you need help, I am here. I'm extending my arms to you. Um, even if you don't want me now, I want you to know that whenever you do need me, I will be
1: here. Well, as a follow-up to that, what does it mean to you that Evelyn's character continues to still articulate her her opinions of her daughter's life? Like, but, you know, you are getting fat. Um, still, Still, like, because I feel like in a typical movie... A really typical movie at the end, she's like, You're beautiful, however, you are. But in this, right. she's like, But you know what? You are getting fat. Like, she's not compromising herself either. No, I, and, and, and that's,
0: that's where you and I can probably have a barrier because I think that's a very cultural cu- culture specific thing. Okay. Right. Um, there is a version in my culture of that. Where every time you go see your siblings or, you know, or, or, or your aunt, they, they tap your face and they say, oh, you're, 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 you're a little fatter. Uh, you know, things like that, that are, are meant as, as a, a kind of poking you, saying you're a little bit fat, but, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know. It's, it's out of love. Yeah, it's out of love. It's part of tradition. It's, you know. um, and, and. I cannot speak to the Asian experience because that's not my culture. But I think, I'm pretty sure that that's, that's something oh, very specific no, for to For sure. That.
1: I remember having a chat early on in film school with Yili, our mutual friend. Mm. And Yili literally telling me that that's something that her mother would say to her often. But Yili also would say it to me. Like, wow, you're <laughs> fat. or And then when I lost weight, she's like, I think I liked you better when you were fatter. <laughs> uh, it, like, things that we tend not to say but yeah my my experience has also been it is uh an element embedded in the culture um i just found it interesting too that they decided to well what i think what i think is going on also is that evelyn's not going to pretend to be something else either Mm -hmm. like i'm going to accept you for who you are and you're gay and that's fine and and you want to do but also i still think that you should eat it better and i still like so I, I I like that better mm-hmm. than some kind of cheesy like it's it's very human. It's right. very human. But I wasn't exactly sure like what that meant. So here's I have a critique. yeah, and this is this so the Rick and mortyization of multiverse, <laughs> you can go so <laughs> far with things that to me, I don't know. it's like really zany. But the hot dog universe, and the raccoonie. Yes, like it's really fun. It's really fun, but it's so like it's so Rick and Morty esque that maybe it's just a taste thing. But I I I, I would. I don't know. I think I don't like it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, and, and that's probably because you are immersed in, in Rick and Morty. I have seen maybe two episodes of Rick and Morty. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I've said before, I can't get past the whole throwing up thing. It's just not my thing. Um, I I think that I, I enjoyed so much the whole hot dog thing. It was because at first... It's it's this crazy thing where she makes she looks at something that's like a hot dog menu, and then all of a sudden we're dropped into this universe where everybody has hot dogs for fingers,
1: and, and that, not just like elongated fingers, but they somehow they ejaculate like, mustard or and ejaculate <laughs> ketchup. It's, I mean, it is really fun. I honestly think if I if I hadn't seen every episode of Rick and Morty, that this would have felt fresher to me. And Rick and Morty hasn't done this exact gag, but they've done something to that level of ridiculousness. And I will give credit to the Daniels that it has a surprising narrative payoff yes, that universe. Yes. Well in, co- in, in the climax of the film. Yeah. If you look at well, here's the thing. If you look at every
0: single multiverse that we go to, right. Th- that we're focused on, they have they all matter. Yeah. They all ho- they all have a payoff. Um yeah, yeah I think. I think that one was beautiful. The way that they wrapped that up, um, it
1: was. I just, then, I'm, like, then, I get, I'm like, what? How could evolution? What is the? I mean, it's not supposed to be thought about. It's, it's supposed to be cartoon logic, <laughs> right? Well, well,
0: well, also the fact that they learned to play piano with their feet, of course. Yeah, right. Because your hot dog, your fingers are hot dogs. So, what are you gonna do? You're, you're gonna, you're gonna play the piano with your feet. It's. It's the next logical thing, of course. I love it. I love it. And then they start talking about uh, uh, Ratatouille, but but she says Rakakuni. and and,
1: <laughs> and, then and then that right. and then, that pays that off. later, so so goofy. I love the Rock universe. Yes, that's that another thing. Great. We we okay. So
0: guys, um, th- when I was in the theater, I could feel I could feel the the people just going what the f- are we? <laughs> it was a solid two minutes of people just elbowing each other and going, what are we, what? Because what? there's silence and you're reading text, right? You're just listening to the wind and just reading the text and watching Rock's talk. It's great. It's, it's great. It's I so love good. that.
1: I love that. And um, what and comes I love that, of it. that googly eyes pay off. Dude, everything, everything. And,
0: everything. and that, that googly eye thing from the beginning, yeah. you know, because she, she's pissed off that her husband keeps putting them on the laundromat. And it just, it's it's payoff after payoff after payoff. Um, that customer that had the, 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 the long nose, right? She eventually is one of the villains.
1: Um, and we haven't talked about Jamie Lee Curtis kicking ass. Oh my God. Well, and she plays so many versions of herself too. you know, this this crass New York, you know evil uh, you know, lady bureaucrat, IRS agent, but then she plays, you know a love interest at one point. She plays a early kind of big you know final boss type mm-hmm. that's almost has superhuman strength. Um, she's great in it. She's so good. Yeah um, she's alternately like disgusting but also someone you can empathize with. And even like one of the random things she has to do early on is proclaim her love for her. That even connects because there's a universe where she's in love with her. And then she has to say that again in the end and connect to her as a human, not only in the moment where she's about to be attacked, but even in the moment where they're sitting outside of the, uh, laundromat, laundromat toward the end and making a human connection without, um, so surprising just like endlessly inventive and and i am splitting hairs to to you know criticize some of the ridiculousness because i still enjoy it but i guess that's where i'm also saying when it comes to like eventually do the zaniness of multiverse like you know in a if there's infinite universes then everything's possible then i don't know i i feel i'll probably at some point that will that joke will get old it hasn't happened yet mm. but i i feel this is the first time watching it where i could feel like that's going to happen um because you know you can just think of literally the most ridiculous things and then it, and it, and it starts feeling like mad libs like a universe where you have blank mm-hmm. as blank and where it's where, like, where a bagel is
0: like an everything black hole right right uh um but, but okay, look Wait. if they if they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks, and it didn't make any, and and they 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 didn't find a way to bring it all back, right. I right, would right. say you are completely right. But having all these insane things actually pay off in the end, right? Even the most ridiculous ones. That's the magic trick yeah. of this movie. That's it's it, even even you you talked about the googly eyes. She puts the googly eye thing here, and yes, it harkens back to the beginning. You do you, you it harkens back to the rocks, but, but it's also, also like, literally, like, it's the third eye, third eye like... where she sees everything. It's right. It's like I said. It's payoff after payoff. It's 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 amazing. All right, let's let's talk about this one car. Why? Uh, uh, yeah. I think, um, I, I think I think it works so great. Um, I don't know. It's the whole construct of this of this movie. Uh, I don't know the structure of it. Also, it's it kind of it it the itself. chapters. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. So, did
1: you think that the movie ended? No. Okay. No way. Okay. Okay. I did not buy that. There was the, no, and and also. I didn't immediately know that it was going to be a tie-in gag, but then, I, but they had established that one of her versions is watching a movie. So it didn't take me long to, I, I saw the pull out, revealing the screen before it happened, mm. but I never thought that was going to be the end. Okay.
0: Okay. Good. Good. And, and, and why would it? Because the movie starts
1: saying part one. Right. And, and it's, and, it's and too it's early. Everything. Like narratively, they're not going to end the movie with her dying. That's right. just, but I love the gag. I appreciated the gag yeah. and the fact that the gag f- is following the own rules of the universe. Mm. If that was the first time that we were seeing her character watch a movie, that would still work. But the fact that it's even set up makes it even more like, you know, they it wasn't a cheap gag, it right. was a built in gag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the slow motion also with the, the rain. It's. I don't know, those those beautiful... Because it looks like like paint strokes. That's slow motion when they're outside. Um, Because there is a moment in this movie where it turns into this love story. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's even that line where he says uh, something along the the lines of, look, um, yeah, it's great that you're an actress and um, I'm a well-off dude, but I think I would have preferred to have run off with you and... Do taxes. I,
1: I would have enjoyed a life, you know, in a small laundromat doing taxes right. with you. Yeah. so romantic, so beautiful. And again, this in the moment of him in his one Car Y mode yeah. in his suit, and glasses, he's so sexy. Focused, right? He's he's you know he's yeah. I mean, they've made him so you know, um, you know, not a sexy character. Um, yeah, because he's and, kind and... of a wimp,
0: right? He, the universe right. that we that we start off with with this
1: guy, he's you know he's a wimp right right and um i was thinking about it too i think this is they 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 don't like overstate this but to me i think it's a beautiful message too that in the world where they are the best dressed and maybe the most financially successful that by no means is the universe they're happiest in she visits that and at one point even wants to like go there but mm-hmm. she wants to go there because she's someone who's dreamed of a life she doesn't know what the reality of that world is mm-hmm. and and as we know in in our real universe there are plenty of depressed famous people that are wealthy that are lonely that that no matter how much they achieve they you know she doesn't appear to have love in that universe so i i love that too and and when he says i would have pref- i would have liked to have done taxes with you i think it does allude to the fact that they may look great and fancy dressed. that doesn't mean they're happy yeah yeah I thought that was a really, yeah, uh a husband and wife, not only her relationship with her daughter, but like discovering her love for her husband and his fucking magic power, which I didn't see coming, but this, his kindness being the way he fights. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. so great. That's what unlocks. Utilizes that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what unlocks her third
1: eye. That's when she becomes the one. She can even stop bullets. <laughs> um. Oh, okay so and then to to make because we always have to allude to the matrix in some (laughs) degree but like here's a movie that you know it's a 25 million dollar budget as opposed to the matrix four with its whatever 100 plus million so much more vision i mean this is like what you know apollo creed is talking to rocky about in rocky 3 eye of the tiger like the wachowski's lana at least lost the eye of the tiger to 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 push like these daniels and and i don't want to just say it's because their age because i want to believe that older filmmakers and we know through uh what's his name who did um the mad max film Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can be older and be incredibly visually like uh uh innovative uh george miller um, but this has a movie where someone basically discovers that they're the one and they they you know can conquer all the universes so visually like rich and 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 experimental and 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 innovative and uh fanciful mm-hmm. and completely what's just gone from that matrix movie we just saw yeah. like there's none of that so i again i don't know so wait
0: jerry are you saying that Everything everywhere all at once is this
1: generation's the matrix. No, I wouldn't say that, but I will say that it's it's the matrix sequel that we deserved. Um skip Matrix 4 and just watch this instead. Yeah. And and certainly not the same story, but like it's a sci-fi playful visual it's it is so visually rich and like you said it's overwhelming in a way but in a fun way
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm going to go out on a limb and say yes this is Damn. this is this is the new matrix yes yes and and look the matrix the original the one and only the matrix right. it pulled off this Incredible magic trick of having us see the movie without really knowing what it was, right? And then exploding into this visual feast with an excellent script that just left us dumbfounded. We, we had to watch it again to kind of really get what we had just seen because it was so innovative. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it all turns into the sequels and the visual effects spectacles and, and n- nothing kind of rekindles that fire from 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 the original. And now we get this movie that is not pretentious at all. Cause I don't think it's
1: I don't think it, it even tried to be the matrix. No, you can't be this zany and be pretentious at the same time. <laughs> but but yet it feels
0: like that that fire that I think that the Wachowski's felt when they were making The Matrix. Yeah. This movie has that. It has that right. push. It has that we want to we want to we want to push the boundaries of what you guys have seen. We want to show you something that you haven't seen before. Um, we want to tell you a story that, even though we have seen other versions of it, we want to make it our own. We, we, we want to be a revolution in this in
1: this new era. That's what that this movie feels like. Hundred percent. And like both the first Matrix and this film feel like filmmakers who are not holding back at all. They're not like, well, let's save this idea for another movie. It's right. like. Let's make this movie like it's the last movie we ever get to make Mm. and put everything we possibly can into it. Everything we love, everything we're obsessed with, let's not compromise at all. Let's just make this as visually entertaining uh, as possible. Whereas, you know, you don't. And again, maybe when you make a movie and you're able to execute it at that level, maybe you do empty out some of your gas tank mm. uh, and that's why the uh, the matrix you know sequels as we talked about before immediately have to kind of retcon in part two because to go beyond at that point they, they just they couldn't think of a way to keep the stakes that high Right, because he's already become the one mm-hmm. where's the arc then uh and so they have to it's the downside of of how great the first matrix movie is is that it didn't leave room uh and this movie does not leave room in my opinion, for yeah. a sequel, you can't make a sequel of this movie oh. uh, without completely like backpedaling or doing a side it, like, and you don't need it. It doesn't need it. Um, but one thing too that the Wachowskis, I feel, have never really had. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong. They're not, they're not really that into comedy. They have some lighter moments, but I feel like they are a lot more serious. Um, whereas yeah. this. The fact that this leans into comedy allows it to do a lot more playful things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean <laughs> you you have a you have an IRS trophy
1: that's actually a butt plug. <laughs> it's literally a butt plug. And, and I it love becomes it. Chekhov's. I didn't realize that was Chekhov's butt plug, by the way, because <laughs> I didn't think that was gonna return. But um I've also not seen Swiss Army Man or any of the Daniels other works. Uh-huh. But um, I talked with a friend today, and and he was like, "Oh no," because he saw the movie too. He's like, "The moment I saw that butt plug, knowing their work, I knew it was going in someone's <laughs> ass." Um, and and sure enough, like everything they set up in this movie has a, some payoff. Yeah, yeah, including and and even then, the degree to which the butt plug <laughs> has a payoff and like how obs- over the top it is, but how. It's it's set up, it's relevant. Like you've got to do novel things to trigger your to to energize your verse jumping. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm on board. That's such a playful idea. Um, you know, it, it is this world's version of the matrix where you know Neo can download skills. Mm-hmm. Here she's accessing other versions of her, and in a infinite universe, there's potentially infinite things that she could pull from mm-hmm. that's great love it yep yep um but no and so yeah it would be very unlikely to jump across a room and land on a giant butt plug up your ass and that's what they use to be able to download more skills it's like so fucking ridiculous no, and awesome. not only that when
0: <laughs> when they're fighting the way that she takes away his power is by
1: pulling the butt plug out out of his ass. It's <laughs> she gets both of them out. It's just so I know. It's it's constantly inventive. You feel like the filmmakers are leaving nothing uh, <laughs> nothing behind. Like let's and that that's so. It makes me think. Uh, in addition to Stephen Cho like some some earlier, um, uh, what's his. Terry Gilliam works mm. with absurdity. Um, and, yeah, just just a really and – and a fun movie to see, you know, if, if you folks are listening and haven't been in the movie theater in, uh, in a while, and you're like, well, I'll watch this at home. It's a good movie. It'll work at home. But I really felt like seeing this on the big screen, because it's such a visual yep. feast, yep. Um, that it's worth it. Yep. It's worth that trip to the theater.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, like I said, it's an assault on your senses. So the bigger the screen, the louder the volume, the better.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, the next, the next thing on my theater going list is the uh, Nick Cage movie. I want to check that out. All right. He plays yeah, plays himself. Um, and then I'm gonna just have to do something to. Tread water for a year plus until the new Severance uh, show is out. <laughs> it's going to be a long wait. <sighs>
0: yeah, um, I think uh, that that Nick Cage is going to be interesting. Um, it feels a little bit, uh, what I've seen from it, uh, maybe kind of like a, and, and probably I'm 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 associating Nick Cage with with um, what's his name, uh, Charlie Kaufman.
1: Yes, um, yes, but because it, of adaptation,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it ha- I don't know, it kind of feels a little bit like that. Uh and- I'm happy with that. Yeah. I love Charlie Kaufman, and to a certain point, this movie also kind of had that Charlie Kaufman-esque feeling. Well, oh, that's points. the
1: other even more than Terry Gilliam. This is like the Matrix via Michel Gondry, <laughs> because yeah. of his and I'm a big eternal sunshine fan, but like. Some of the special effects here, this isn't like they invented, you know, uh some new technology. Yeah. It's just really creative. Sometimes it's very low fi you know, tricks, um, which Michelle Gondry is known for. It's just inventive, it's just playful. Like, you know, they in one universe they're pinatas. Um, and <laughs> she explodes a guy's head, turning it into confetti. Like that's actually not a difficult special effect, but it's just creative. Mm-hmm. Um So even like a little bit of uh, shit, Uh, 1994, Jim Carrey, the mask level, you know, the the villain in this has that kind of cartoonish reality warping ability. Yeah,
0: yeah. Totally fun. All right, Jerry, anything else you'd like to say about this movie before we wrap it up?
1: Well, um, I will say, yes, see it in the theater. And I do think that... um, We've got Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh go see this first. Uh because I think I think I'll enjoy that Doctor Strange movie. It's a it's a Sam Raimi film, but it's also, you know, a Marvel studio product off somewhat of an assembly line. I'm sure it'll have top of the line VFX, but I just can't imagine it's going to take the kind of risks and be as silly and inventive as this movie is. Mm-hmm. So You know, if you're like me, you're keeping up more or less with the ongoing Marvel storyline, you already know you're going to go see Doctor Strange or you're going to see it at some point. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're not someone who tends to go out and see, you know, middle aged women uh, protagonists that are kung fu slash whatever. Make this your exception, expand your uh, horizons and support weird filmmaking like this. Yes,
0: I agree. I a hundred percent agree. All right, Jerry. Uh, where can people find you or your work on social media?
1: Well, you can go to uh Vidlings and Tapeheads, both the website and at uh with Instagram. Uh my personal account, I'm not really doing much other than you know, posting photos of me hanging with friends. But I do I'm I'm getting closer to putting out a music project. Nice. Uh, which is going to have its own name and handles, but not quite yet ready to announce that. But maybe the next time I'm on the show, I'll have that to review. All right. So st- stay tuned to
0: uh, to Jerry's webpage, maybe, hopefully, in the future sometime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. And you can find us on Twitter at Media Review Pod. That's Media R E V U E Pod. And you can send us emails with questions, comments, and suggestions to MediaReviewPod at gmail.com. Or you can just leave a voicemail. Uh, you can just call 407 603 5847, and we, you know, if it's good, we might play it. What do you think of that? Please don't forget to subscribe to our feed, rate and review the pod with five stars. And I want to remind you that it's tax season, and we all know how incredibly depressing that can be, especially when you find yourself fighting with multiple versions of your inter-multiverse adversary. So I'm here to tell you to. Imagine that they all have hot dog fingers. And of course, don't forget to breathe. Till next time, bye-bye.